3: What's every, up, everybody? Welcome back to Upon For The Review. How's it going, guys? Good. What is Lovely. up, everybody? What's happening? <laughs> so, Amy and Renee, unfortunately, could not make this panel. So, we have some great other people here. Craig is back hey. after a long absence. I was exciting. gone for two weeks. I'm sorry. So, it's it, you're forgiven this time. Thank you. So, and then we got Chris.
1: How's it going, Chris? It's going pretty good. I just got out of... Uh sex slavery so um i'm glad to be free thanks for having me you that was easy to get out of that so you're sure you weren't a sex well you were the one servant? who was holding me so i mean i'd imagine mm. it would be
3: yeah no no it's just temporary it's just for the podcast you're going back in afterwards
1: <laughs> and we have a special guest we have ted
3: wilkinson what is going on ted welcome oh thank you very much speaking uh, to the side of the microphone. Yeah, you gotta,
2: am i am i on the right side closer closer oh there you go yeah there it is all right um no i just uh, i saw you were doing this film and i invited myself yeah no it was exciting so <laughs> thank you found for... the address and everything <laughs> he did it was a little it was a little creepy i posted it right away I oh i've been stalking door. you for
3: a while and i just was waiting for the right moment to pounce fair enough fair enough i can't can't say and blame you so before we get into this wonderful movie that's chris one of chris's favorites has anyone seen any good movies since last we talked or lately Anybody? Well, that would be forever for me. This is so, true. So, I mean, have you I've, seen anything seen good lately? I've seen many great movies. Well, what, lately, what have you uh... seen? And it doesn't need to be in the theater. It can be on, TV, be on TV, Netflix, Laserdisc. Laser <laughs> <Right.
2: laughs> no, I mean, I've been focusing on TV lately. I mean, but what have you been watching on TV? I, I'm enjoying um, Better Call Saul and, and from the perspective of somebody who never watched Breaking Bad.
3: Wow, okay. So, I'm, I'm, so you've never seen an episode? I've never seen an episode
2: of Breaking Bad. I'm waiting until Saul is finished and then I'm going to go back and watch Breaking Bad and then be like, oh, that's the same guy from Better Call Saul. Interesting. Yeah. He's still Saul in Breaking Bad. I know, but that's I would find it interesting. <laughs> like to, the other, to, the smaller people. As, yeah. as most people are going to watch Saul and, and say, oh, yeah, that guy's from Breaking Bad or something and have those references, I'll do it the other way.
3: Interesting. And I actually just finished... The series of Breaking Bad. I'd never seen it before and just finished it recently. And I have a Breaking Bad t-shirt on. You do have a Breaking I Bad that, t-shirt yeah. on. It, it
0: says Heisenberg. It,
3: it does say Heisenberg. With his with his hat that makes him feel all-powerful. Yes. So is the show any good? What? Breaking, Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad. <laughs> um, it, was, it was all right. It may have been hyped up a little bit too much for me. I really liked the finale. I thought the finale was really good. The last season kind of lost me a little bit. If I'm being good, honest, it was a good show though. Yeah, top was, to bottom, it was all right. It was t-shirt it was, worthy. It was fun. It was yeah. It's it's on a t-shirt, but no, yeah, it was okay. What about you? Have you seen anything, many movies or TV shows lately? Um, well, yeah, Thrones,
1: Game of Thrones just started mm, last I week. just start. So, uh, how are you feeling about this season? Good. I'm feeling good about every season. Full after boner. The, <laughs> after the first couple, I just expect everyone I like to die. So mm, with yeah. that mentality going into it, I think I'm ready.
3: Yeah, you've made your peace. You said goodbye. You told them you love them. I shed my tears. Did you watch all four episodes? Because four were leaked. No, I or, didn't. Okay, and no, We were I just didn't. talking about that. We like the
1: waiting. Mm-hmm. You like being disciplined and everything. It's good for us, you know? Yeah. After, as a sex slave, you have to have discipline. <laughs> this is true. That's how <laughs> you survive you the that
3: hose. trade. <laughs> <laughs> that was last week. That was last week. <laughs> we did Sounds of the
0: Lambs last week. Uh, what about you, Craig? I've just been, uh, I've been catching up on the daredevils.
3: Mm-hmm. Which how I, are you feeling about that
0: uh i like it i i you know i i'm still feeling it out i'm only about four or five episodes in and i i I actually went to uh, a panel yesterday at the writers guild uh where they had like the showrunner
3: oh cool i love and, that guy from spartacus and a whole
0: yeah he's he's an interesting guy with his sleeves yeah he has hilarious tattoos that's true uh he's very small and has big tattoos it's mm. great um, but yeah, no, it was, it was really great. They had like the, the head writer and like, there's like eight writers there. All oh yeah. From, and they talked about it. So, uh, that was, it was really cool to gain their perspective. Of, and they, they talked a lot about, um, fights and, uh, this was really, this was the coolest thing that I took from, from their, their section of the panel. Cause there's like, it was a whole day event, but just to keep this short, they were talking about like fight scenes and like how they should be used. And they were talking about like, they compared it to musicals. Where something happens and it heightens so much that they can't do anything else but sing. Whereas uh, in, in an action film or, or TV show, whatever, you have to have it. So nothing else can happen, but they have to fight. Mm. And in musicals, they were talking about the idea of like, you know, you don't want to see a character change and then sing. You want to see the change happen within the song. And so they, everything that they orchestrated with the fight sequences, they were talking about like, you want to see the character. You want to see character come out and a character change. During the fight sequence, I'd never thought about anything like that before. That that was a really really cool perspective, and that like changed the way I. So I'm, I'm kind of looking at through that lens now, and I kind of want to go back and see see what see what they've. Done. I know the first on the end of the second episode. I really, you know, you definitely see that there's a purpose for. it. Yeah. Oh,
3: that fight's amazing. In yeah. Hallway. Fight. Yeah. 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 So I. Uh, in I, I actually, I just watched it. I
0: don't need to go back and watch it, but it's really freaking good. And they were talking about, I was like wondering how they did it. And they just, they CGI'd it out the track.
3: Mm-hmm. That was sim- yeah. That was yeah, so. it. Was a, w- it was like a one, almost a one shot. It
0: is a one shot. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, there's no camera operator.
3: Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh. Yeah.
0: I, I knew they did it on track, but I didn't know they CGI'd it out. So
3: there you go. That's, that's all I've been up to. Like, you know, a little daredevil, but I like it so far. I, I want to get, finish it off. Nice. I just finished it last night. Finish the season, and I'm. I love the Wilson Fisk character, the mm-hmm. Kingpin character. It was definitely. I don't. I'm, you're on episode four, right? No, I'm. I'm at like six right okay. now. Okay, so they're going to develop him, and I think. I mean, they could build a series around that character because that was definitely a very fleshed out character, and performance has been pretty amazing. But for me, the the series it was all right. Like, it's beautifully shot. I love how it's shot, um, and I think the fight choreographies are great. The story left me a little wanting. But, I mean, Marvel excels in the movies, so I'm, overall I'm okay with the Marvel universe because I'm excited about, you know, Avengers and Ant-Man. I think those look pretty awesome. So
2: no, I love Peyton Reed, so I'm more excited about that than I was with the other director.
3: Oh, than Ed, Edgar Wright? Yep.
2: Yeah. I'm probably the only one. but <laughs>
3: No, I'm, I think the trailer great. looked great. It looks really great. I'd rather watch Bring It On than uh, with Scott Pilgrim or any of those, I think. I mean, you might have lost me there. <laughs> um, for me, I saw one documentary this week and started a new show. So I saw the Mel Brooks documentary. Fantastic. It's on Netflix. So good. I did, but it left me wanting because I the, both the Hugh Hefner and the Joan Rivers documentaries are so in-depth with their life. And so and I, but I felt like compared to those, this one was more of a vanity piece. I love Mel Brooks. I grew up. Watching and consuming all of his movies, and it's part of my DNA at this point. But I felt like it didn't really go as into depth about him as I was hoping. So, I mean, but I guess that was my complaint about it.
0: Yeah, no, I I think you're right. Especially when you compare it to the
3: Tone Rivers piece, where it's like, this is painfully real. People are disappearing from
0: her
2: life during the documentary. Painfully
3: real. I mean, there was no apologies for that documentary whatsoever.
2: I bet she has good material. I mean, the Edgar story and all of that. Everything. I mean,
3: Johnny Carson just never talking to her ever again was
2: still super painful for her. Like, 30 years later well it's interesting that stuff that came to light and i haven't seen the documentary I don't know if it's in there but um, the fact that johnny was able to sort of manipulate that situation because mm-hmm. he was actually worried about her yeah and make it look like totally on her even though it was him that sort of avoided taking her call where she tried to tell him what was going on so that he could say oh well she never even called me fuck her yeah just, it was very tragic because right? her numbers were better than his at the time on the tonight show Oh, on the Tonight Show. Yeah, when she would guest host, numbers oh, were right, higher. Right. And so he was kind of almost like I have to, I have to do something. Sure. Yeah, I have to do something to get rid of her. For sure. And the same thing started happening with Leno, and then we all know what happened. there. <laughs> yeah, it's Game of Thrones, man. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much. I guess Johnny Carson is
3: Joffrey. Is that yeah, Rivers is coming? <laughs> <laughs> And I was curious because I feel feel like Daredevil has, you know, that was the big excitement around Netflix original content. But recently another show came out on Netflix, an original show that I feel like is under the, you know, missed the radar because everyone's thinking Daredevil is that bloodline show. Has anyone seen this with Kyle Chandler from um, Friday Night Lights? He was the coach. Mm -mm. I still remember
2: him from Homeland.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Or Homefront. Homefront. He – it is great. I started watching it. I didn't realize it's by the same three guys from Damages. Okay. And it's really freaking good. Um, I'm, I think, seven or eight episodes into it. And, I mean, basically, it's – the premise of it is very – you you've heard this a million times, where it's the family unit, everybody's happy, and then the black sheep of the family comes in and, you know, messes shit up, basically, and call, and brings up old <laughs> – Scars and Wait, where, where's like this that. take place at? Uh, it takes place in the Florida Keys. I have seen it.
0: I've seen part of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the the brothers are drunk and like mm-hmm. his, he says, oh, you're dead." You know, there's a storm waiting in the wind. Yep. Yeah, no, I caught part of it. It's really well shot. Yeah,
3: it's so. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. And then he
0: has that really strange uh, like flashback. Flash forwards, flash for- too. flashbacks, and yeah, flash yeah, forwards. no, I totally got on board on that. Yeah, I, so
3: and it's it's so good. I mean, it, but it is a, it's you know your normal premise of a family drama, but the way those three tell stories and the complexities and it's just the fact that yeah, he's the black sheep where he you know he's a druggie, he's always coming back for money, but all of the siblings have things that they're not proud of and have you know scars from their past or things like that where. It's just – it's so interesting, and those guys are great at having those flash-forward moments that they just give you little pieces, and it hooks you. But the nice thing about those guys is more often than not, by the time you get to that point, it's all earned. Or it's like they could seriously – I was thinking about They could take a dude where it's like this is a Canadian guy sitting down to eat a peanut butter sandwich, (laughs) and then they flash-forward to him being, like, eaten by an alligator in, like, Louisiana. You're like, holy shit, how did it get to that point? Like he was just having peanut butter sandwich, and you watch it, and it could be completely logical. Canadians those guys are be crazy, dude. I know, I know. But how do you get down there, man? It's your maple syrup hustle—that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so those guys are are fantastic, and I highly recommend that show. And it is shot beautifully. Yeah. That true. that Dexter and um, Burn Notice all m- almost tricked me into going to Florida um, on vacation. <laughs> But I don't do well with humidity. And the fact that the minute I eat off a plane, I would just be drenched. Like, those are so beautifully shot that I forget that.
0: On the other panel, uh, they did they had uh, the showrunner from Comedians, the new... Uh, mm, okay. Billy Crystal, Crystal Josh, Josh, Josh Gapkamp. Gap. Yeah, they, so they, those guys. <laughs> it was an hour and a half of them just making fun of one another. <laughs> but the guy that's one of the writers on that now is, uh, was the, I believe, the showrunner for
3: Burn, Burn Notice. okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh, Matt uh, Nix. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that he was part of that show. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. How was that panel? Hilarious. Like, I had, I
0: didn't stop laughing the entire time. It was just, like, Jew joke on top of Jew joke on top of making fun of the, each other. It was... It yeah, was, that sounds show? about right. Oh, so good. Have that, you seen the show? Yeah. I've got it on my TV already to watch. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's it's great. I mean... Um, great mockumentary. The, the guy that was running the panel um, put it really well. Nobody had actually said it, but, like, he put it really well. It's, like, a, a good, like... In between place of Thirty Rock and Curb Your Enthusiasm, because okay. it's a show about a show, but it's really a comedy
2: of manners. Okay, is really what it is, and how you move, move in and out of
0: like talking with people and
2: dealing with it. I'm interested in this, so I'm saving it, and I tend to like to just let the shows build up and then watch them all yeah. at once if I, they're I, airing I'll weekly. Say that I was
0: I I was watching. You know, I like, got man, I don't want to watch this.
2: I just I mean, I'm not <laughs> looking, and, and then I saw it, and I was like. Yeah, it's
0: pretty good. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's like
2: yeah. I'm I'm saving community like a season six like a special present for later because I think they're up to episode six. Yeah, now. yeah, they are. I'm excited about. It. I've, I've seen a little
3: little bit of it, but I want to
2: see it. in They the actually
3: vault. have a bigger budget
2: under Yahoo. Who mm-hmm. knows? Really?
3: Yeah. Interesting. Slightly bigger. That is awesome. All, all right. right, are we ready to do this? Let's, let's talk about movies. All right, just- now we are going to be talking about the movie that
1: brought us all here today. Super excited <laughs> about. Yeah, working not too fast. Noah came walking in my apartment singing that song, and he had I just, just the, the biggest I'm not apologize joy for in it. his eyes. Yeah. It's oh, I,
3: I love that song. Are You kidding me? If you think about it, Will Smith is the Black Dolly Parton. Because he always comes up with the songs for the movies. Dolly did it before Will Smith. I'm just saying. I mean, even Straight Truck has a great song. <laughs> she's she's awesome. So we are talking, to, of course, about the 1980 film 9 to 5, about three female employees of a sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical bigot who <laughs> find a way to turn the tables on him. So that's great. So really quickly around the room, did we, did we like it? And what would you rename it if you had to? uh
0: i loved this movie first of all i thoroughly enjoyed it i didn't realize what a caper it was um i i it really oh there's tons of capers and you not shenanigans seen it before
2: no, preparing for this no right no, no. no. oh, okay. yeah,
0: i had seen like pieces of it you know throughout my life because it's been on television mm. i remember my my mom and dad watching it you know when i was a kid and not being allowed to watch it for whatever reason uh because there's business involved uh they wanted me to go into the arts um but uh yeah, no, I, I loved it. I I I it, it was thoroughly enjoyable. Um What would you rename it? Um I would uh <laughs> I don't know. Um uh, g- 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 g-
3: eight to four. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. They did have that the, yeah, flex, the flex scheduling hours. later on. So <laughs> Chris, what did we think and what would you rename it? Uh no, I didn't really care
1: for it. <laughs> okay. Um and I, I don't think that you I thought it was really, I mean, it was made in 80, right? So, I mean, the, this, the sexist, everything, you know, it just packed in there. Uh, and I don't just as a movie, I didn't, I don't know. Maybe it's not really my, my oh, style. We're we're gonna, t- we are going to get into
2: it today. And I'm glad so, we're all just not going to be fawning over it, at least.
1: <laughs> and what
2: would you, what would you rename it? Dick Boss.
3: Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> Ted? Well, I mean, I've seen this over a hundred times. I, that, I invited myself here because they were talking about it. I love this movie. You we were very excited when I announced it. Oh, my it. God. I mean, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I think it is perhaps the best structured comedy script ever written. Oh, okay. Uh, and I'll get into why I think that as we go. But, uh, I mean, it's just one of my favorite comedies of all time. So that early 80s, they had those runs of these really amazing comedy: Nine to five, Tootsie, Ghostbusters. It's just a really strong time for well structured you know, comedy. Well structured, but like just even thinking yet silly at the same time.
1: Because mm-hmm.
2: you know it's it's not just like you know what people would say something like and I love like you know Happy Gilmore, but it's not you're not really thinking too much. But right. these it's are movies really where they're, there's all levels of humor in this movie. You know, there's there's slapstick. There's you know her getting smushed in the elevator. There's, you know, wordplay, there's farce, there's, you know, like you say, a caper. I mean, there's just wordplay, Every, everything you can think of is in this movie, from, from smart to silly. You know, her, her with the Xerox, you know, it's just <laughs> low and high comedy all mixed together. And I, the title is pretty perfect, 9 to 5, but I, I thought if I had to come up with an alternate skinny and sweet nice i like it i like that might work as an alternate and i actually have if we have time later i actually came up with several years ago like what i thought is a very perfect idea for the sequel to this movie yeah absolutely and what i was going to call the sequel was 24 7 okay because we've come from a nine to five business world to today sure 24 7 yeah
3: absolutely i like it so i thoroughly enjoyed this movie i thought it was from start to almost finish i thought Really enjoyed. I thought the ending kind of fell off a little bit for me, um, just the way everything was resolved. I thought was a little not not ideal. It was a little kind of slapped together. I thought personally, and but if I were to rename it, I would have renamed it "Horrible Boss" because it was basically horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what I did there? There's no.
2: It's not plural. It's singular. Yeah. So clever, right? You don't Word really count play. Tinsworthy as a bad boss.
3: <laughs> no, not really. Actually.
2: <laughs> He's going to just tell you you have to move to Brazil
3: and you have no choice about it. Yeah, that's that just, dick. That, But that didn't. Really, yeah, that's where it just didn't really work for me personally. It's a, it's a I just wish, sex mocking ending. Yeah, I, oh, I I feel like that's. Timed
0: to like that's one of the things that like now like yeah i'd love to live in brazil yeah but, oh, are you but, me? but then it was city of god yeah, but he's Brazil's. talking about
2: the jungle man not, yeah <laughs> not real
3: yeah but i mean you could you,
1: you could
2: definitely this highly pick, structured pick corporate place.
3: thing yes we're gonna move you to the jungle that's awesome
1: he so, got a
2: raise too i might add yeah. <laughs> he did you'll get a he big did. bonus and you're doing me a personal favor i'm not a boy that says i'm nine no. a boy that takes no for an answer
3: so let's <laughs> let's dig into this guys. What are things that we noticed in this film and loved about it and what not? What you got? I see we have some notes here. Oh sure. We were we
2: were told to take notes.
3: Now, yes, you were. So real quick, <laughs> so this not. was Dolly's first film and I felt like this is definitely the film that was supposed to break her into the multi-platform superstar that she, you know, she is. So I feel like for the most part, she's looked the same forever, and she's very timeless when it comes to once again. I mean, face wise, she's looked the same for a long time. So, if we were to guess, if you know the answer, don't answer because it's that's. I mean, it's not cheating, but
2: it's not fun. We're to wait for the audience to answer.
3: Yes. <laughs> how in this movie? How old would you say that she was? What are, do people? Anyone know this? I or you do? Yeah. Okay, thirty-two. Yeah, you guys want to... It's very well, close, Well, I actually. know the answer, but...
2: Yeah, go ahead. 34. Yeah,
3: she's 34. She kind of looks the same now, I think. Do <laughs> you got a thing for Dolly? No? I, I, Who I doesn't? Kind of, I, right. I, okay, dude. So I grew up with her. <laughs> I, one of our family records was the Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton Christmas album. And that is my which jam. is fantastic. It is. It's, it's a so fantastic great. album. It's so great. Yes. What a Christmas to remember. That's a great song. And All I can of them visually tell there's
2: no irony in that statement.
3: No, no. Nothing. There's. It's so freaking good. It's a great album. So, and it's way well before he got a bunch of plastic surgery on his face. But I loved <laughs> it, and I grew up with that. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of love her. And I, have to to that, Ward, I have to say. I have to say this
0: too is like I had not thought about this in a very, very, very long time because like Dolly Parton was like one of the first people, artists, musicians, whatever there was, I was introduced to as a child. And mm-hmm. there was a very visceral response seeing her like a 1980 Dolly Parton for the first time in a very, very long time. Like the four-year-old <laughs> version of me was like, oh, I remember that. I remember, <laughs> I remember, I remember so those weird fun. feelings, like mm. that, that tummy upset. Like, so, what is that? <laughs> what is this giant? Oh, I like it.
2: <laughs> I'm very thirsty now. Yes, I'm thirsty for Dolly. <laughs> And, you know, it's not just stunt casting because the next movie that uh, the director did was with Dolly. Best of the House in Texas, which was Universal's big movie of, I think it was 82. Yeah. And uh, didn't really turn out that way. But it's actually really a really pretty good movie. It's not as good as 9 to 5, but it's very solid and has a lot to re- recommend it.
3: Awesome. What,
2: what other notes
3: do we have here? I was just curious what people thought because I think she looks pretty much the same. She looks older now, but I feel like there was I a can, twenty year I can see the plastic where, surgery on
0: her, yeah, but she still looks good. She's yeah. had some work, but it's good. Yeah. I like I've never talked bad about her. Ever. No. She's she's fantastic. She's she maybe best.
2: still has the same wigs and that's why you're she's yeah. Yeah, how probably. can you talk
0: bad about, about a woman from Tennessee who's like a child of of, of a tobacco farmer with 12 siblings who made it. Yeah. And has been
2: married to the same guy since like 66 or whatever Mm. it was. And I don't know, does anyone watch Drunk History, the episode they did about her and Porter Wagner?
3: No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah,
2: see, it's like, it. it just you, what a lovely person she is. I'll leave it at that. You had, um, what's her name? Casey Wilson played Dolly. That's awesome. Yeah, she was fantastic.
3: So what do we got? Why are we so quiet here? If we if we love the movie or did not like
1: the movie, what are what are reasons for this? I don't want to step on anyone's childhood toes. <laughs> bring you know? it, bring uh, it, just bring it. But I feel like maybe we we might have had different childhoods. He's more of a Lily Tomlin man. Oh, I love Lily. I love Lily. I had to break it to you, but she's not into guys. I it just makes it even more hotter. <laughs> She's now the Because now I feel like I have like a a goal or a task I have to achieve, you know? Make me work for it, Lily. I'll do it.
3: (laughs) Because I mean, for Chris, it's just getting too easy lately. I mean, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. He likes the challenge.
2: Yeah. So go for those seven-year-old lesbians. (laughs) Yeah, I'd do that. I'll get it. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) But there's a lot of, I don't know. Like every time I saw like a, a rich white boss. I just got fucking murdered. That's right, you motherfucker. You, you didn't treat those women like shit? And you're gonna keep the black man in the male room still? <laughs> After all these years? <laughs> Lily earned that promotion and you gave it to a man hard? And it's, I don't know. Just like the real stereo, stereotype of it all, you know? Uh, like a lot of the, the women characters were still weak in ways you know like they had their strong moments but dolly parton still went back to her husband right so i don't they don't like me at work and i don't know why oh you just pretty is all dolly they just jealous come here let daddy make it better for you you know the only one who was really strong was lily she had four kids on her own and she was fixing garages you know and then um the other one jane fonda's part uh well dick i'm i'm a secretary now too like <laughs> take back your ex-husband who cheated on you for his hot secretary well i'm a secretary now oh dick you shouldn't be here you know like i i just can't stand well, she's shit nervous like that
2: she's got her boss kidnapped upstairs
1: <laughs> that seemed like the the last thing she was worried about
2: <laughs> what was no, that I think, it was a cat dick i'd make the argument that um really judy is the main character because she is the one that has the arc oh absolutely um you know, Lily's character is kind of strong, and she does get stronger, but there's not much of a change there, and same mm-hmm. with uh, Doralee. But uh, Judy goes from basically somebody who's putting her life together again from scratch, who would have, I think in the first scenes, like when Dick comes to the uh, the new apartment and you've got the you know the new lady out front in the car and everything, and sh- she would have taken him back right there and mm-hmm. tried to like go back to their old life or something. And then by the end, when she stands up to him, and, and says that she's going to play sex games or do M&M's and he can't stop her.
1: <laughs> M&M's. I yeah. smoke pot, Dick. <laughs> I can tell.
2: I can see what this kind of living has done to you. <laughs> like, I definitely started out... We have games out. on Facebook quoting lines from this movie. Oh, yeah? Back and forth. Oh, my God. I think my favorite is, it looks just like Skinny and Sweet, except for the little skull and crossbones on the label. <laughs> <laughs> oops with daisy
3: with the poison. Yeah, I actually started out hating the Judy character at the beginning. I mean... and she's very weak. She is very weak. She is very just scared of her own shadow. But by the end of it, like when she kicks out her ex-husband towards the end, I found myself like rooting for her. Like, good for you. Yeah, you don't need no man. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. I'll never say that again. But anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I, she's definitely the arc. And I thought it was really cool when, when shit went down at the hospital that she kind of... Got that authority and found it within her to kind of step up and be the one that's the more practical problem solver yeah, of like the when group. Yeah, like
2: when Violet lost it.
3: Yeah. So and even when that Violet was, seems
2: to be the most sort of calm and in charge, but even when she's freaking out, she's very calm. Yes. Yeah. Even though if she's not thinking rationally, her actions are not matching yeah. what's inside her.
3: Yeah,
0: so... That's right,
2: I am a doctor, so why am I talking to you? Piss off. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly, that's what you say at the police. That's always... No, that was the, little, thought, the little candy striper. Oh, that's right, that's right. I thought you were talking about the police. Or it's like, no, why no, no, I need you? just like, I'm Doctor. doctor. Yeah, Did you over. see my
2: badge? I'm sorry, doctor.
3: <laughs> yeah, so... But yeah, the only thing I, I... I guess I did not like the copy room scene. I machines
1: are so the hard. She, the one where, where she loses yeah, where the
3: Xerox, yeah, where the Xerox and everything goes. And I have to disagree with your boss, where he's like, "Even an idiot could figure this out." I'm like, that thing looks so complicated. <laughs> like the the
2: buttons are not clear at all what anything does. Well, the thing that works, and I think one of the things that makes this movie stand up to time is that it has that Hitchcock element of. Everything about the company is like a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's literally, there's no, like, who, nobody cares what this company yeah, nobody does, knows what they do. why it's there, what their job is. It's all just, it's like they work at an office. And, and that's isn't the all name you, of the company super Consolidated ambiguous? Corporation. That or sounds something. like an umbrella. Yeah. It's like. what, yeah. Well, and that was a very, I think it's big a money laundering, you know, those <laughs> conglomerations. Well, that's what Hart was doing. So, yeah. But- with the Ajax warehouse.
3: But it is. I mean, the story is pretty timeless because we definitely saw again and in horrible set bosses. In any city.
2: So it's it's obviously yeah. filmed in L.A. If you know L.A., if you look around yeah. and everything, but uh, there's never any indication of what city they're in mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. any of this. So it's all all of those choices I think made very deliberately by Colin Higgins to keep to make it a universal and timeless story. Because uh, the, the the script is credited to Patricia Resnick and, and Colin Higgins, and and I th- I believe. If it was a – Resnick wrote a script and then Higgins came in and basically revamped it. And if you look at the films that he's written, uh, like Foul Play and um, Harold and Maude and especially Silver Streak, uh, he's one of those people that I didn't ever really do anything bad, died very young. And so he's kind of been forgotten. But, I mean, Colin Higgins is, is one of the best writers of, of films ever, I think. Those are four top-notch Yeah, movies. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even Best Little Whorehouse for its flaws is still a, a good movie. One of my favorite
3: lines from this movie is when um, Doralee says, "I'm a married woman," and her
2: boss is like, "And I'm a married man." That's, That's what, what makes, makes it, it so perfect. perfect.
1: He tackled that. her to the
2: ground. <laughs> he really did. And the thing is, like, in that day and age, that wouldn't have been considered super unusual.
1: No, not at all. That's why I don't think you could make this movie like how it was oh, no. written today.
3: But you, you, you kind of do in Horrible Bosses. Instead, you have the Jennifer Aniston character saying all of this stuff to yeah, Charlie
2: Day. Which is this basically the fantasy scene. Yeah. Done, oh. done as the actual movie.
3: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Where it's like... What about someone about the pants to show off your package? I thought that
2: was. That's cool. when that's when this movie crunch. got me. Honestly, <laughs> like kind of hot, right? When you yeah. just put the trans light of like the Wild West outside oh, the office yeah, window, yeah.
0: <laughs> like I was like, oh, what the hell is going on? Because I was like, I I didn't realize, like I didn't know what I was getting into. I at can't all. work with
3: those stripes glaring at me.
2: Take that tie off. Oh man, it. I was like, I'm oh, they're doing shirt. they're
0: doing fantasy bits. They're doing stone fantasy bits. Doo- yeah, do do Give
3: me it. I know you got a hus or a
1: wife at home, but. You're my wife here you're now. My boyfriend sorry, you're my boy from nine to five. I know she was sticking it to him and all that little taste of your own medicine, but that was still hot. And how can you, <laughs> how can you not right.
2: love the shot of like Dabney Coleman's head against Dolly Parton's breasts, mm. like in a two mm. shot? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't think I got that right. Let's do another take. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my other
3: ear, Mrs. Rhodes. I'm not that kind of boy. I gotta get my good ear. I mean, I guess it was Lily's fantasy, so I shouldn't. Um, it's her fantasy. I shouldn't take this away from her. But I didn't understand in her fantasy why she poisoned him and then, and then dumped him, threw him, him out of the building. I'm like, you're,
2: well, you know, kind it's like you can't, you can't right? kill Rasputin just one way.
0: Yeah, you have <laughs> to cut off his wiener and put it in a jar. <laughs>
2: When you're right, you're right, Craig. I know. When you're right, you're right. Hey, can't argue with facts. <laughs> one th- one thing I was, the, that's always struck me, I said that it's very structurally perfect. If you you really, Craig, when you go back and watch it again, you'll really appreciate this. Almost every small incident in the first section of the movie is setting up something for later, especially yeah, stuff that seems so many cost off for no reason. Yeah. I mean, like his chair randomly having a problem, mm. and it's just completely like, oh, Dorley, what about this chair? And he said they do it twice. And so that when it happens, it's something that you'd be like bullshit, but they set it up right, yeah. you know. And setting up, you know, oh, Roz listens in the bathroom, so look for her feet, and it's mentioned twice, and then laws they, then of laws of, th- laws of three, the law of three. That's why it's it's so well structured. I mean, what else do I have here? Uh, the chair, all that. I mean, there's there's any number of things. You know, why the random scene? Oh, she's building a garage door opener. And and you don't think about the fact that that's seating the garage door for later. You just think about oh, she's having a scene at home and happens to be doing a garage door. I, yeah, but it, it does it, it does accomplish
0: the uh, that she is also um, you know she's capable. Yeah. She's more than capable. She's doing essentially what a man should be doing. Right. And that, that's how it's sold in, at the top of the thing. And right. then that has a great comedic payoff. But it's the
2: almost end. the sort of movie that when you're writing, if you're writing, you almost want to do this stuff backwards. You say, like, oh, we need to do X, Y, and Z. Therefore, we need to establish in the beginning. Right. right that, yeah. That, yeah, it X, definitely y felt reverse engineered for Yeah, sure. which is what makes this film so strong.
3: Yeah.
2: I, um, I do find
3: it interesting that this movie came out at the climax. Literally of the 70s. I mean, it was the right at the very end of the 70s where, I mean, you had a lot of the, the civil rights and a lot of different things for gender equality, things like that. I find it interesting. This came out in the 80s. And then at some point in the 80s, all of a sudden it became the Boys Club again and all this, the man's man, and I felt like there was a big step back. I felt like there was... Well, a, there was the
2: ERA amendment losing and all of that kind of stuff killed a lot of the momentum of that stuff in the late 70s. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Well, it, the Equal Rights Amendment was something that was. A, they wanted to amend the Constitution to basically codify women's rights mm-hmm. in the Constitution. And it uh, was... A, a, a amendment process takes several years over the states have X amount of time to ratify the bill, and it got to the point where... They they didn't make it. There was a, not enough states ratified the, the amendment, so it died. Even though it had passed Congress and all this, it was a big big cause. Thanks the, Indiana. <laughs> thanks Obama. Thanks Obama. <laughs> but I just find it very interesting just
3: looking at it the the year it came out versus the era that it's going into. Where it's definitely yeah. you know you have a lot of the the movie that's the Boys Club, and you hear like I grew up loving the A Team. It's a super cheesy show. I love the A-Team. It was really sad to find out that the female co-stars weren't exactly treated that great on set because it was the boys' club. And that well, you kind of broke of my heart a little bit.
2: follow that transition in comedies. If you take a look at the big comedies over, say, a five- or six-year period, you've got uh, 9 to 5 and Tootsie, which are, in a way, even though early 80s still have that 70s mindset mm-hmm. in a way. But then Ghostbusters and, say, Beverly Hills Cop as you're getting more into right. this sort of action-y boys' club kind of thing. And you really can see kind of a transition through those mm-hmm. four movies. And you're just seeing culture being... In the culture, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, you're seeing that being emulated in what's being offered in entertainment. And I just found that kind of interesting. And I, will, I don't know if anyone here has seen Horrible Bosses 2 or not, but there's a point where uh, Jamie Foxx's character, a.k.a. Motherfucker Jones, actually calls Jason Bateman. He's What do he call her? He, he, um, he said, you're Jane Fonda. Like, he references... <laughs> The 9 to 5. But no, I think the Jason Bateman character in both the Horrible Bosses movies, definitely Lily Tomlin. He's not, he's, he's not fond of that. So it's he's really, really just showing you how dim that character is. You <laughs> would think it was Jade Fonda. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was cool because I, I haven't seen this movie in forever, so I forgot just how... Horrible bosses. Well, it can, yeah, exactly. I <laughs> forgot how conceptually similar that they were. And it really it
2: is, is almost a remake in a way.
3: Yeah, I mean, and it's, if nothing else, it's kind of like Jason Siegel's Muppet movie where it's like a love letter to the past stuff that those writers grew up watching and loving. I mean, it's very, without ripping it off, there's a lot of paying homage to it. I mean, I felt it felt really good. That's like, I mean, it's definitely a universal theme about people not feeling. Respected and feeling belittled, it's very cathartic and therapeutic to watch a boss get theirs. Yeah, there, so. There's something about nine to five that
0: made me feel like I like there was a Muppet-esque. You know, I don't know if it's a
3: Muppet caper the caper aspect of it mm. and the fantasy. Well, because like it is crazy what
2: happens in 9 to 5. I mean, it's definitely very Muppet-esque. The other thing that's different about this, and I think it gets into that, is the the structure of it. And Muppet movie and all these, they, it's not necessarily a three-act structure. It's sequences. One sequence after the next. It's like Indiana Jones. I mean, yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark is, I think people have broken it down. I think it's, it's like seven sequences that lead one into the next. And I actually broke this down. I've got six sequences for this movie. The first chunk is like Judy's first day and it's essentially introducing you to the mechanics of the office mm-hmm. and the interrelationships with the characters. And and each of these sections, as you're watching the movie, almost has sort of like a button and then sort of an establishing shot, like we're starting over mm-hmm. in a new section. The second section would be when you're settling into the routine and showing how Hart is offending everyone. Then you have the section, and that ends when they go to the bar. Then you have the fantasies and then his actions and actually the whole farce of the hospital and running around. It's just basically like a Frasier episode mm. <laughs> of like, you know, oh, he thinks this and she thinks that and the, he thinks the cops are her and the, the dead body is that dead body and, you know, all of that. Then heart returning and the threats and then taking actions and the symmetry of the three fantasies. The the girls have a wish, you know, to, to poison, to shoot, to hog, tie, and they end up accomplishing each of those actions in reality. Mm-hmm. You know, to sort of set up a microcosm of, if we if we dream it we can achieve it which is where they get to the end <laughs> hear that girls all those young girls listening to our podcast today then the fifth section you dream it
0: you can do it
2: the fifth section is the ticking clock which a lot of movies would be like the whole second act or something or the whole third act the ticking clock of you know they have to get the the blackmail material before Missy comes back or before Roz comes back and they kid and then the the Dane on the third act of tinsworthy coming and but there's so many places, too, in the film where it's like Perils of Pauline. You figure, and this is like, it gets back to Indiana Jones, too, You know, where you're talking about the characters are dropped in an impossible situation and there's no way out, yet, bang, they get out of it at the last moment. And there's so much of that in the movie. And each one builds on the next uh, and sets up the future. Like when uh, Hart steals her color-coding idea and you think, oh, that's a loss. But the fact that he stole it means that he was granted unlimited powers in his area which is what allowed them later to make all the changes so what was a terrible thing turned out to be the thing that allowed them to do the good stuff and later so it was...
3: looked like easter
2: yeah they put colors right. they color-coded the office and the only one that's kind of bullshit is at the end is tinsworthy basically coming in and just removing heart from the situation when there was really nothing else they could have done to stop him because they had no leverage over Hart at that point yeah because even if you know violet stand by me you know Fine, she stands by him. But as soon as Tinselworthy's gone, he's going to call the cops. Yeah. You know, so that's their really sort of deus ex machina ending, which is a little bullshit. But at this point, the movie's been so amazing. It's the end. I'll give it to them. The thing I don't like is the the sort of like what happened after the movie is so sort of out of character <laughs> with the rest of the movie. You oh, know, about like, her becoming like, a country. Jane Fonda married the pirate. Xerox repairman. You know. oh, God. It's just like an excuse to use some dumb clip they're, from earlier. Yeah. I actually didn't watch all of those. Oh yeah, see, it's basically. I think oh, they were just doing yeah. Animal House. Yeah, I didn't like it, so I turned it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and and I, what was, I was, what like, was I really, Lily Tomlin's? Lily Tomlin's was oh shoot, like she gets promoted, she, or vice president. It's, yeah, it's like really. Yeah, she gets that. The company or the league be, for, be, for being, and
3: becomes a country western. Becomes singer. Dolly Parton. Yeah, and
2: yeah. then they showed her with the last. Oh yeah, it was it, she becomes vice president due to her cool and collected nature in a crisis, and yeah. then shows her like you know, with, it's willing
1: like, out the body in the hospital.
2: You know, and, and Franklin Hart kidnapped by Amazons and is never yeah, seen from again. Like, again, come on. That's like, yeah. so stupid. Yeah. And the rest of the movie is not on that level. So I didn't like that. And of course, if you want to get really nitpicky, the special effects in the in the fantasy sequence were <laughs> not even really on par for nineteen eighty. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the way Hart's head spins around. But that's like, what I liked about it. That's I loved that. I, I could you could argue it's charming, but but I was tasked to find something to complain about. So. Yeah, no, I love that. I love, <laughs> were, that was like one of my favorite parts. <laughs> so I did I did my job. But okay, so what about you
3: two? What did you think of the ending? I just definitely felt like it was a cop-out quick Nice little ribbon to quickly get him out of the situation. I, at that point, I'm like, "What? I don't
0: know." Because like my thing is this: is that there's always there's a fear of the people above you in the office, and that that is built from the beginning, uh, all throughout, and it's referenced several times. Yeah. And so in where he has gone with uh, his trajectory, Hart's trajectory of like and the way he is manipulated and lied and stolen and all this stuff. Really, the only thing that can happen is like this power from on high you know this man in white to come down and like pick him out i don't see where else. literally it could, colonel sanders i mean yeah, 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 it's, <laughs> like, it's like it uh the uh lebowski <laughs> or colonel angus i don't know there's somebody colonel angus <laughs> colonel angus don't <laughs> believe uh,
3: just tap me on the head
0: um <laughs> but yeah I, I i i don't see where else they could have gone with it truthfully um, and they did build Do you it. You think it was one exactly of those they? They, they kept like, painting themselves yeah. in a corner. Well, they and, built, Well, they did. They did build it into the the structure of of the company, though. Like, oh yeah, And, yeah. and, and there's this mythical thing that's talked about. Like, oh, I hope we don't this, see Mr. Further.
2: Tinsworthy, Mr. Tinsworthy. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah okay. So that, and that,
2: Sterling Hayden is perfect for that. Part. Perfect. Yeah. So I, I I didn't hate it. It didn't. It I I see what happened, and I I I, yeah. I gave it. I think it's just weaker than the. I mean, every yeah. other every other situation that they get out of yeah. through chance or through something that was engineered unbeknownst to them is totally logical, makes sense, doesn't feel like a cheat. That's the only one. And it is set up, like you say. But it's the only one that feels the kind of like mm, that was a little convenient. But it's I think they at could, the very end you can do it. They could have front loaded it a little better. Yeah. But
0: oh, no, it's great. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: I think what we're all saying is that the damages writers are so much better at fulfilling endings. <laughs> I think. I mean, that's the interpretation. I, I,
1: I, I only would have been satisfied if they if he would have died. Heart. Uh, cool. and the girls didn't even have to kill him like the people he was on the phone with i'll pay you your money when i pay you and he hung up like if they yeah, see, would that have been cool. him, like
2: yeah, yeah some of the people he screwed over in the ajax warehouse deal they came in and just killed him you know? yeah like
1: <laughs> but i'm telling you they gave dude a fucking bonus and then sent him to live in
2: brazil with other rich white men like no no no, no. he was going to the jungle and live in a hut because why Still, what the why? He why gets all that there. money
1: when he gets back,
2: though? Yeah, exactly. That just means, yeah. He and he got credited for
1: all of their ideas yeah, again. But
2: <laughs> his wife was gonna. His wife was gonna spend it all floating around on some dago boat. So. <laughs> not like he cares. He's basically
3: just paying her to travel. He could give. He does not care six about her weeks. However,
2: I think I'm crazy. if I'm floating around with you.
3: <laughs> what notes do you have, good sir? Because I want to hear your side of things. Because uh, you didn't like the movie. I thought. Had.
1: I thought. uh for a movie with three female main characters uh, getting their payback on their boss who's put them down for so long, um, I thought there was still a lot of like dumb female characters. Like the wife, for one, who was just fucking spacey the whole time. And then uh, <laughs> Heart Spy, I thought she was very
2: kind of one sided. and Oh, she's great. Oh,
1: though. I just missed him, huh? You know,
2: and I thought like. <laughs> Do you remember her from the Addams family? She's Fester's mother in the Address yeah, family. Yeah, totally. Yeah,
1: I just fucking put that together. Yep. Well, now I have more respect for it and I take back everything I just Holy said. Holy merd. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's But, awesome. I mean, he he literally told uh, Dolly Parton's character, you're either going to fuck me tonight or I'm going to call the cops and you guys are going to go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. And after, this was after wrestling her down. This is after all this seedy shit that he said. And... St- Deal. Like they that there was no repercussions for that, and I just thought they went to show. Well, you know, rich white men boss. You just got to do what he says. You know, tough it out. Like I didn't. I thought he should have died.
2: Well, he, he sort of does if you read that. Like what happened? Yeah, to him, you he know? was kidnapped by yeah. Amazon. I've never heard
3: from again. Yeah. No, I think what would have been more satisfying is him going to jail for some reason. I don't know what. And his cellmate being like, "Why don't you wear that jumpsuit that I bought you?" <laughs> You know the one that shows off your package. Have
1: some, have some of this toilet wine. You're gonna fuck me, or I'm gonna call the guards.
3: I know you have a wife at home, but in here, you my bitch. You are my bitch for ten to twenty.
2: Now that's the, that's the
1: sequel. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome.
2: So and and speaking of nine, nine. inches. <laughs> The, some of the character detail <laughs> is so great. six two nine my six to nine. Depends <laughs> how
0: excited I am. Turn my six into
2: a nine. <laughs>
0: it's the way you don't get shanked. Don't get shanked. And I
1: thought the coincidence of the guy being poisoned, who was in the same hospital room as Hart, was a little cheesy too. Oh that's yeah, just, that's one. just
2: total farce. Yeah. That's yeah, it's it's very built French. On coincidental stuff farcical. like that. Yeah, it's like a, if you like Frasier, you'll like that sequin- sequence.
3: Yeah, they, they definitely didn't think, the, the the ladies didn't definitely have the that whole thing figured out. We're like, oh, we're just going to take a body. You know, I don't really know what we're going to do with yeah. them. Oh, it's not our boss's body? Well, now our plan doesn't work. <laughs> it's
2: like,
1: it kind of wasn't. And that's
2: another one of those sequence ends when you have that great joke of like, we got another stiff in the John. Yeah, no, that was funny. <laughs> that was amazing. They did that have
1: each me. other's back, though. The, them three, yeah. they did have each other's back, which I liked. Uh, once they found out that she wasn't fucking the boss.
2: Yeah. Uh, which I like how they always stuck together. Uh, yeah, because the first time you see them really, like, actually take Dolly in, so that wonderful shot in the bar where you have the, the three of them sitting together in the smoky bar, sort of, like, bonding over, like, their shared hatred for her heart and... And it's interesting too because Hart hurt Dolly's character. He hurt uh, uh, Lily Tomlin's character, but he didn't directly hurt Jane Fonda's he character. He insulted her over the fax machine. Yeah, but yeah, that was – much but, but if you look at after the, he if fired, you look at, but if you look at that sequence leading up to it, the, the 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 thing that gets Jane Fonda down there is not the Xerox machine. It's the fact that her friend was fired. Yeah. Because of you know hard speaking kind of about her policy, yeah, and and she sort of got away stupid just simply Roz. because Roz didn't recognize her voice, and so that's in my mind what sort of another thing that makes her sort of the audience's you know representative in a way that she's upset when it's not even about her that she cares that much about her coworkers or whatever that she's going to be just as upset as the other two are when they were directly injured by hard. So that's gives her character maybe some bonus. Points.
3: I really wanted something to happen to Roz. <laughs> she was like,
2: she's like worse. Roz, I mean, here's the thing though: like, you can tell Roz is sort of like one of those people that is like does damage but isn't intentional about it. She's just kind of clueless and a bit of a halt. Was ha- she
3: not? She no, no. Look knew. at the scene. No,
2: look at the scene where where she talks to Hart. And says like talks about the infraction, and Harsh is like fire the bitch, and she keeps talking like she didn't mean to have the person fired. She just was like somebody that gets joy out of tattling yeah, and being a hall monitor. But then after but it's that, not
3: malicious. True, but then after that situation, when she saw what her snitching would result in, then she goes and tells him about you know the women well, talking. Yeah, because in the she
2: she's like she's Harts minion. I'm just if saying Hart's she should have got stitches. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I don't I, I see what you're saying, but I don't feel like Roz is as, as evil. Roz is not an evil character the way Hart is. I disagree. I've worked t- with and too and many and of those
3: people t- in offices. I'll, t- before. I'll tell you why.
0: Cause I feel like people that are kiss asses, it is a passive aggressive form of cowardice. It is it is coward it is cowardice on like the worst level. And I uh I I hate her because at least at least with
2: heart he, fuck no. He's up front. I, he's up front about kind, who he is. He kind of. I yeah.
0: mean, like he's,
2: but like, and he's even a little sort of. Uh, Unthinking in the first scene where he's like introducing her and, and she's like oh a deer he was like yeah lucky shot you know he's like so in his own head but his like, own world
0: but Roz, Roz would like if if the if the guard were to change she doesn't have any values Mm-mm. like if if her person above her would change she would flip she would be like oh and now I now I have to follow these rules and do this and this because there's there's no backbone there there's no and spine. also
3: the fact she's the is foot
2: soldier she's the foot soldier but see the thing is I don't Powerful.
3: even feel like it, they didn't really establish it in the movie that she was tasked with this well yeah she, felt like she, she, she was
2: administrative assistant, so she is that's, basically is his... Is that rep- in her job description? Yes, that's what they, she's introduced as. You know, this is Mr. Hart's administrative assistant.
3: No, I'm saying her going around and then bringing back bad news to him. Yeah. I just, I knew, yes, I know these he's Mr. This, like she the is Mr. Hart's spy? eyes, ears,
2: nose, and throat. Like a company spy? Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't say that. I would just say check under the stalls for her shoes if you're going to gossip in the ladies' room. Boom. It's, it's set up Five. right there. She is the company spy. Fair. I
3: just wanted something to have to do right because yeah. I've known those people. I knew those
2: people we like, all do. In They're in monitors and all that stuff.
3: Yeah, but they, things need to happen to those types of people when they're just trying to stir up shit for no reason.
2: The other thing I love about her, and I know you guys hate her, but notice that she's always wearing that little brooch. It's a pen. It's a little <laughs> pen on a string that she wears on her dress so that she can pull it out and use it as a pointer yeah. to things and write on stuff. And it's just that's that lovely little character detail that's in so many of these characters, like the lush... You know, always having her little flask, oh, and I love like lust. when you when you
0: when you go back
2: <laughs> and watch the movie for a second time, you look at all these little details and just like little looks of things. Um, the the one joke that took me forever to kind of get, and I still don't know if I fully get it, is the the uh, I'll always know him as F Hart. Fart. Yeah, is it that, or is it like fuck Hart or something? No, or? Oh, yeah.
1: I think it's fart. fart.
3: Okay, F art. Fart. 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 Yeah.
1: So. When you were talking about lowbrow
0: humor, that's the joke that came to my brain. Right. I, 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 that's one
2: he has to be making fun. of. That's one he's referring to right I now. I think you that the, the most lowbrow is Jane Fonda getting crushed in the elevator.
3: <laughs> it's pretty,
2: pretty Three Stooges. Yeah, it's good. that's yeah, just that's
3: just a bad <laughs> elevator system. What else? What else we got more Knows Chris got anything else? I see you have a notebook of stuff. Oh, he's just looking, Ted. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about your
2: idea for a sequel. That's yeah, you you're twenty four seven. So. There's there's two ways you can really, I think, successfully do a sequel. You're going to continue the story, which would be like, say, Godfather 2, is continuing the story of the Godfather. Or you do a remake and you change things around, which is grumpier old men. Mm. It's like, oh, now it's in the summer. Mm-hmm. Now Walter Matthau is getting the girls. But you're mm-hmm. essentially remaking the film, but just you're changing up key elements. It's like what Bond does. So the the main thought in terms of a social issue of this movie is what? uh inequality yeah like but in what of what men and women right so for the sequel what are you doing it now if you're going to have the same characters and the same actors they're quite a bit older now right or yeah so you do it about ageism Um, you have in my in my thinking you have now instead of men versus women you have young versus old Mm, okay, and Hart is now by whatever means <laughs> returned from the jungle. He's essentially the and president speaks of the company. Fluent Portuguese. He's the president of the company. Um, you know, maybe uh, Violet and uh, and Judy still work there. You know, probably Doralee's off doing her singing or whatever. And you now have somebody who's kind of like at Heart's level, who is doing like Heart type stuff, but he's maneuvering in some way to get Hart like, you know, retired so that he can take take over. And so he's running a scheme the way Hart was running a scheme. Then basically Hart uncovers the scheme and the younger guy kidnaps Hart. So now you've got the three girls have to get together. This time they're not holding Hart. They have to rescue him. Mm. So it's this it's that you flip it that way. And there's, you know, but that's the very basic Plot ideas that I,
0: I would take everything that you did, but set it in a preschool. <laughs> exact same scenario, preschool. So it's still about ageism because you have like a kindergartner, and they got I
1: don't know. I <laughs> or or yeah, but then be, why is
0: Lily Tomlin there?
3: Because <laughs> uh, she's a little Tomlin.
2: Oh, oh <laughs> little,
3: I like it. I saw you did there, little Tomlin. I love it. Or it could be something similar to like in good company with Dennis Quaid and Tokyo sure. Grace, where Lily Tomlin, there's a younger, you know, new executive that's coming in that corporates like yeah. this is our golden child and
2: But that's what I just was hitting on. Like you you wanna yeah, sort of follow the same the same story, yeah, like scene by scene. Except, you know, this time it's about ageism and you know, Hart still gets kidnapped only instead of holding him there to find him. It's just all of that just sort of reversed.
3: Or maybe the sequel is them going down to Brazil to un- kidnap him
2: from the natives. That's a continuation sequel, as opposed <laughs> to a remake sequel. Um, and speaking of remakes, what would do you, is this the, the remake cast ideas or? uh
3: yeah, we'll, we'll get to. That. I just wanted okay. to do a couple different pieces of trivia or things. Some of these I didn't even know. I thought that I mean I didn't know many things, but you're going to understand with the first one why I said that because it's not like I'm an expert.
1: And I can't, can't wait to see how
3: many times Ted says oh, I knew that.
2: So. I was thinking that but I didn't want to. Say well, that
3: yeah, much. no no no. So I didn't realize that there was a TV series yeah. based on this. Yes. That that for 85 episodes between 82 and 88. That's crazy. And the first 3 seasons were syndicated. On, yeah. But yeah, the first 3 seasons were on ABC and the second and final or the the, the second part, second half of it was in syndication. So and it, Dolly Parton's younger sister Rachel Dennison played Dorley. Dorley. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and Lily Tomlin originally turned down the role of Violet because she was working on The Incredible Shrinking Woman. And eventually she relented and had production of that film shut down so that she could work on this film. That's ballsy. It's like, hey, guys, cool it. I'm going to make this film right now. <laughs> I don't know now. how
2: you can sacrifice The Incredible Shrinking Woman for anything. That's. I
3: just think that's crazy that she's I The I rolled my eyes. It's a
2: podcast, I have to tell you. <laughs> yes, we, yeah. Yeah, it's it's all
3: audio. Um, so this is also interesting because nowadays we have a lot of smaller films being released both in theaters and um, video on demand same day. Well, well, back when this was released, they were planning on also releasing this on VHS the same day as the theatrical release. But um, they postponed it for three months because, once again, theater owners didn't want that. But I thought Post that was kind of crazy that back... Back then. Well that makes sense that yeah, but cuts so their much, line. So
2: few people had VCRs at that point. Too. And you know what new tapes back then cost like
0: a
3: hundred dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was
2: a different just a different thing.
3: But yeah. Well, I mean they have like rentals, VHS rentals. Right, but back that's then.
2: why tapes cost a hundred dollars. Because right. they would charge a hundred dollars right. to the video store and then they'd mm-hmm. rent it out for, you know, three or four bucks or whatever it was.
3: So and according to variety, Jane Fonda was the initiator of this project. It
2: was yeah, the Yeah, Bruce Gilbert is her producing partner in for IPC.
3: Um, and this was the third of six movies wait made Jane Fonda's an insane clown posse <laughs> yes <laughs> things you learn see yeah. the makeup I mean she's the everything. one that she's the one who came up with that line you know what are magnets you know that's originally how she got in with the Viet Cong was through the makeup <laughs> Uh, it's a little slapdash if you ask me, but I'll buy it. And in 2009, there was a musical virgin. Version, virgin? There was a musical virgin. What did you vir- do with your nose? There was is the key <laughs> term. <Yeah>. Um,
2: <laughs> my no. musical hymen has been broken.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, a musical version that was on, opened on Broadway on Friday, April 30th, and closed way far later, September 6th of 2009. Did you say who did the songs? Uh, no, but it said the opening cast included Alice Do You and want to Janney. know who did the songs? I do. Dolly. <laughs> did she? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I would have gone to see that, but I didn't, well, you I can get the cast there. album. Yeah, I just, I just might have to do
0: that. I think we should, we should get, go do that, and we should, we should find a woman, and uh, we should get her, and her, her name should be Whitney Spears, and she will perform <laughs> both Whitney Houston and Britney Spears songs. <laughs> Okay. Well,
2: that's that whole uh, that Whitney, Whitney Houston, Dolly Parton connection. <laughs>
0: yeah, we we're going to mash that up. Yes, well, And do
2: you know where that song originally came from? Mm-hmm. Do you know? What, the, the Bodyguard song? No, uh, yeah. Do you know where it came from originally? Well, you mean Dolly Parton? Yeah, but do you know where Dolly Parton used that song? In her butt. <laughs> it, she, it comes from Bessel Whorehouse in Texas which is the movie she did right after 9 to 5. So I wasn't Colin far
3: Higgins. off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, Technically, you are correct. How do um, we do
1: this podcast without having a, an old-fashioned ladies pot party? <laughs> I know that's a really good question. I like, we just, I just want
0: everything that. to taste
2: so delicious. Podcast, am I right? <laughs> I can't get over it. See, weed was always good for you people. <laughs> you know what always cracked me up so badly, though, is when... Jane is really cracking up and losing it, and she starts, like, flapping her leg and arm in unison. Yeah, There's something about that that I always found super hysterical. I
0: think, you know, it's just the precursor to the, to what is that, that ab?
2: Yeah, right, the Suzanne Somers. Just, yeah, Thighmaster. Yeah, and the other thing, is, watching it this time, I sort of realized, like, now that I know so much more about Jane Fonda, I'm like, you know, that probably wasn't the first time Jane Fonda did pot. Yes. Yeah, it's <laughs> it <was> probably not. <laughs> All right now let's
3: let's let's do the remake. So um, I will say we have to do this as a disclaimer now. We've done it for the last couple that of course if you haven't listened to the other ones you'll you need to learn this that the assumption is that Amy Adams is not available for the female roles because like the first four movies we did, oh, we, 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 right. Okay, great. Yeah. I we had her, her playing all
2: three. With the makeup, <laughs> so I got to But we I always, we ones.
3: always casted her in every single podcast. So now it's like, if she's not available, these are the people that we chose. <laughs> so
2: go for it, Ted. All What's right. your, reason? um, well, Violet, I, my first instinct was Lizzie Kaplan. And then I thought, Hmm, she'd maybe be a little older in relation. So I thought, Oh, Sandra Bullock would be good. Yeah, I like yeah, both of those had, actually. actually. Yeah. yeah. Lizza, Lizzie Lizzie Campbell's a little more on the nose to 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 um uh, Billy really? Tomlin. Uh for Judy Rachel McAdams. Cuz yeah, she okay. can play that kind of yeah. overwhelmed but then becoming capable. And this is the one I really was like is that it? But Dorley, I think Nicki Minaj could do it. <laughs> The, I could the see. Scary thing is, I can totally see this right, right now. And and the other thing, like Dolly did, <laughs> she she was new to movies, but she had been on Porter Wagoner's show and done mm. sketches and stuff, and so she had that thing. And so you, Nikki's been on SNL and been in sketches and not done too badly. Oh yeah, she's great in The Lonely Island. So I th- yeah, so I think like yeah, I could see her doing Dora oh, okay, Lee, and that absolutely. would be great to have it be a little more diverse too. Yeah, so for good. the smaller roles, for Hinkle Bob Newhart. Okay, president of the company. yeah, yeah, yeah. And for Tinsworthy, this is, you'd never do it, but Clint Eastwood.
1: <laughs>
2: That's, yeah. yeah. Like, because like, who else is like a badass that could fuck you up? Like, just, and they could show up in the last, like, two minutes of the movie and you yeah. believe that that person could eat me. Yeah. Like, man. okay, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, for Roz, I went a little bit different direction. Melissa McCarthy. Okay. Because I could see her sort of playing that little, like, call monitor thing. Mm-hmm. And for Hart, Ryan Reynolds. Really? Yeah. Because I think he could play like a smarmy dick really well. Interesting. And also, him and Sandra Bullock together again would be awesome. And that's why I picked Anne Fletcher as the director. Okay. Nice. Wow, I did not see that. That's interesting. Because she's good, like she's doing right now. She's doing that sort of like a hot, hot pursuit with uh, 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 Reese Witherspoon and Sofia Vergara. Mm-hmm. She's done. Yeah. Uh, you know uh, the the one with Bullock and Ry- and Reynolds together. She's she's a really oh, good the proposal. She's, yeah, the proposal. Yeah, I which I love that. the okay. proposal. Yeah, it's a great movie. And so she's really good at that kind of film, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think so. I think she'd really do well with this material. And um, and that's why you know that then she could, she could get Reynolds and Bullock together for this too. And it would be that sort of you know War of the Roses type thing where we're going to take the cast that worked so well in this other movie and put them in a totally different movie but together again. So, and she might be able to pull off. That's like the the most, I mean, even Eastwood is sort of, if you could say like, Clint, we just need you for two days. Maybe you'd get him, you know, but I don't think Melissa McCarthy would play Roz. But uh, I couldn't think of anyone more genius. There's probably, if I really had a few more weeks to think about it, I could come up with somebody. But I saw that and I said, yeah, I like that. Awesome. But Ryan like Reynolds and list. Nicki Minaj, I imagine Ryan Reynolds chasing Nicki Minaj around the, around the fucking room. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. That's, I'm trying to I'm picture married yeah.
3: <laughs> she's actually a really good choice for that i'm I'm kind of mad
2: at it I'm like who's like a, who's a beautiful singer that would you know that's not the sort of I, I did think about her because I, I actually i started i wanted to like go musicians
0: but like it's not like it was in nineteen eighty you know there's no. a totally different thing like who's mainstream yeah, and so I started with um oh what's Chris brown uh Rihanna Rihanna. Rihanna, Rihanna, and I was like, "Eh, that's not good." Like, she couldn't get there. I thought about Nicki Minaj, and I was like, "She's not going to show up on time." <laughs> <laughs> and so I was thinking from a production standpoint, like it's just not going to work <laughs> out. So then I, Sandra Bullock would I'm get her in that mind. you're
3: practical about it. That's you great. You have to. Be. Do you want to do your list, Craig?
0: Uh, No, I I actually, I'm looking something
3: up right now. Okay, what about you?
1: All right, I'd like to see this movie, uh, if I were to redo it, done as a Rob Zombie horror film. I like it. Because there's a lot of uh, Hitchcock-y kind of elements to this, right? And Judy, her fantasy was kind of zombie-esque. Yeah, and I thought um, everyone, I mean, really wants to kill their boss, so I thought it would be like a real grounded, realistic, because Rob Zombie does a pretty good job of that with like Devil's Rejects, Mm -hmm. and even the Halloweens that he put out were a little more grounded. Um, for Jane Fonda's part, I had Melissa McCarthy.
3: Okay.
1: Uh, for Lily Thomas' part, I would, ha- I had, uh, Tina Fey and Pamela Alden. Uh, one of the two. I think they're both real strong female What's characters. Pamela Alden's really
2: interesting. See, um,
1: Lucky Louie.
2: And she's been on. Or Louie now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, oh, she was, okay. she was Louie's yeah. wife yeah. on the Lucky okay. Louie yeah. Louis She's
1: hilarious. And uh, for Dolly Parton, I, cause I, I was thinking singers, but I couldn't really, mm. you know, so I chose Scarlett Johansson, cause I think her in a sweater could get me through an entire movie <laughs> like this. But I wanted to point out that I originally asked Noah to do a podcast on Blazing Saddles before he chose Nine to Five. Yeah. And we'll get to it, just not for that. I just one. want, no, that's why you, you, I mean, you choose, uh, you choose what <laughs> we The first review, R-rated movie, that's fine. Saw. I just want to know why. Why, Noah? Why, why throw aside my Blazing Saddles and my Animal House suggestions for 9 to 5? What does this movie really mean to you? There's a connection, and I, I want to I connect that dot.
3: To know the connection, you have to know the history <laughs> of this podcast. And the first movie we did with you was what? Taxi driver. Taxi driver. Second movie was Silence one. of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. And what did you? Why did you want something light and comedy for the next
1: one? Because I was going fucking crazy. I'm watching Taxi these movies crazy. three times in a row. All the lights off. All the blinds drawn. You know. And I just had like I was going to kill someone, Noah. And he's I was still, like, he's still a little sweaty. Yeah, he is. Well, he's, I, he's it always might, clammy. It might snap that's kind of right now. That's what makes him kind of endearing. I turned the heat up so we'd all uh, perspire a little bit. <laughs>
3: But you know what? You asked me to do a comedy. I know. You so said, why the fuck you know, would you choose you nine know, to five? Why, why, um, why can't we do like Blazing Saddles or something like that?
1: And I'm here to remind you, I choose the most. <laughs> so Your cool. suggestions.
2: Is that a Breaking Bad thing?
1: No, he's harding right now. You're your you're heart. I know. Right I, now, you're the heart I know. of this podcast. Not like no, you're the heart and soul of this team. You're the fucking right heart.
2: Now. <laughs> no, he's fucking Chris, copying his feels, deciding his rules. Why aren't you wearing the underpants? I'm the raws of this group. I tell you, I love Blazing Saddles, but this is a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Blazing Saddles is funny as hell. And we'll I do, love it. We'll, but, we'll but, cross that bridge. We are, but we from to to but it. from a perspective of just writing and storytelling and structure of a film, this is a better movie, hands down.
3: Yeah. So so this is kind of an interesting. Um, point we'll we'll do our other remakes but i do i think it's an interesting con- conversation we also when it came to chinatown that is studied in film schools and or you know for script writing as the perfect script or the perfect structure and i find it interesting same thing with like this movie the structure it's definitely there the three-part acts and not just, even three acts well, though it's, i mean that's what i'm saying it's like right that's but like a the, good the structure is so so set but you know in that aspect does it make it more enjoyable or does it make it a better
2: film than one that plays fast and loose with the structure? But I think it's a matter of like, you know, you have you know, think of a house and there's like it the, the foundation of the house is very important, you know, but you can build a great house on a weak foundation or a strong foundation. It's just and like you wouldn't want to build a house on a slipping side, that's what I'm saying. And and you know, blazing saddles is a whole lot of fun, but it's not like it's not as strong of a story, and mm. that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I wouldn't because say it's as strong war. of a
3: structure. I think the story is pretty strong, but the structure is very sound. loose.
2: Yeah, and it's just very like like oh, suddenly we're we're time traveling to it's 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 just like really random and it's fine. But this is like it depends. Like, are and you both of them deal with
3: culturally
2: yeah. significant?
3: Yeah,
0: things. and it's but it's and very. It so cool.
3: I'm sorry, I thought we were talking about
0: House.
1: <laughs> Where's
0: Hugh Laurie being mentioned at this point?
2: <laughs> bad, bad with metaphor, guys. Yeah. Boom. No, I mean, Blazing Saddles like an allegory in many ways. Yeah, you know, looking looking revisionist take on the on you know the Western or something, and that's it's great. But I mean, if you if you want to you know be a good writer, and you and part of that is studying things that were well done and, and understand it, taking them apart and like, like you know when I learned, learned how to solve my Rubik's Cube I took it apart and started looking at all the pieces and say oh that's how it all fits together and now I understand it better.
3: I just take off the stickers and put them all together on one side When I uh, took my Rubik's
0: Cube <laughs> Drew, I took my Rubik's Cube apart I couldn't put it back together so I washed it down the toilet
3: <laughs>
1: Why don't You <laughs> just throw it away Because I had to hide the evidence <laughs> from my
0: parents. I couldn't just throw it away in the garbage My dad takes out the garbage and I would have got beat
3: Yeah <laughs> They see the broken Rubik's Cube, we are not paying for it. He clogged
1: up the house for a couple of days, <laughs> right. water seeped out, everyone had to stay in a hotel and because so of that. The dad's like, That's my boy, he clogged got away the toilet. with it. <laughs> Nobody knew it was me
2: until, until today. today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna listen. <laughs> so, what What do you have? Okay, oh right, yeah, yeah. So, uh, for my director, I started with uh, Jill Soloway, who is the uh, transparent. transparent, yeah. And I was like, Well, let's see what she can do with uh, a good female. Strong cast. Uh, So, and then for Violet, I went with Katherine Keener. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For Judy, since we couldn't do Amy Adams, Adams, I went with uh, Plan B, which is uh, Naomi Watts. Uh, she, she can follow that 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 all-American pulled off the street sort of look. Oh,
3: absolutely! And then uh, awesome. for, even being
0: Australian for Judy Lee, uh, well, she looks like she's from Ohio, though. She does. She <laughs> uh, does look very flowery. state. Uh, uh, I picked uh, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, as the the buxom blonde uh, uh, secretary. Uh, for Roz, I also went with Melissa McCarthy wow. appropriately oh, enough. I feel very good then. And uh, for, uh, heart. Well, I'll, I'll do Tinsworthy first. <laughs> For
2: Tinsworthy, I went with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he has to wear the Colonel Sanders outfit then. <laughs> if you're going to have so a
0: fantastical awesome. cameo at the end, you might That's as well amazing. go with the 1980s icon. Which is Hulk Hogan
1: <laughs>
2: going to Brazil, brother? Yeah. Let me tell you one thing: I don't <laughs> take no for
0: an answer, brother. I'm not the kind of
2: boy that takes no
0: for an answer. And uh, for uh, for uh, Franklin Hart, how about I, Jesse Ventura, I, I, I actually I, I actually tossed this one for around because like yes. I felt like Hart how he would interact. Like, he really sets a tone for the movie. More so, because the other three are kind of, they're a clump. They're a unit. Yeah, and they yeah. kind of work together. Whereas Hart's on his own. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I really thought about it in a lot of different ways. Like, what's going to bring the most comedy, but be kind of grounded and do stuff. And I went with
2: Ricky Gervais eventually. Um, interesting. interesting. I like that. It, it, I see that. I kind of thought you were going to say Jeffrey Tambor when you brought up Jill Soloway. Yeah, no. I, I wanted somebody <laughs> a little bit younger. I wanted,
0: I wanted everyone to be a little bit closer in age, like the film. Because they're yeah, all, yeah. with the exception of, like Jennifer Lawrence, they're all within like 30, like 40 to. Yeah, within a few fifth, years of each other time. because it makes
2: the point that why is Hart necessarily their boss? Yeah, yeah. So I, I needed that to be like, there needs to be that friction there. Like,
0: we're close to the same age. Like, why the hell is it why?
2: Yeah. Tambor yeah. would be good for uh, for Hinkle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right. We're going to start color coding the reports.
3: For my list, I had the director, I had James Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh-huh. I thought he could make it – he's really great with pacing and with with painting all these different characters and just with the different layers. I think it would be a really fun, not only film, but script. I think it would be pretty fun. Uh, let's see. For Judy, the Jane Fonda character, I have Kerry Washington. Sure. Mm. I think she's pretty amazing, and yeah. she could both – she could definitely pull off that arc. Yeah, in a absolutely. way where you know, I, I in fact I think she would have been better at the first act of being endearing. I felt like Jane Fonda was almost too much, where she was too incapable and too squirrely for me to really. I mean, yeah. I get the
2: point. I think but- the thing that gets lost too about that is that when that movie came out in 1980, Joan Fonda is so known as being like an activist and being a super strong woman and a, like an ultra feminine and all this stuff. To have her come out and look mousy and all of this, she almost has to go so far the other way to make it work. But I don't and you lose that, that looking at it 35 years later and not having her so in the zeitgeist of the moment.
3: I I, but I just don't think it worked. It was almost caricature-ish. Like, like, I mean, even just saying
2: that at the time, I think if I would
3: have seen it then, it would have been kind of like seeing Jennifer Lo- Lopez as a maid in Manhattan. You're like, nope, uh-uh. But anyway, so that's about
2: like what it was though. But
3: I felt like, I know, but that didn't work either. And I don't, I felt like it was too caricature-ish and I feel like Kerry Washington would, you'd still be, she'd still be endearing in that first act where Fonda wasn't for me until the second and third act where I just really liked her character. Where she became Jane Fonda. Absolutely. (laughs) For, for Violet, the Lily Tomlin character, I have Rashida Jones. For sure. I think she would be um, great. And I think... I mean, just, just with all that, I feel like that she would be great personification. Yeah. I really did have a hard time with Dorley. I really did. Dorley's the
2: hardest one to cast, Nicki I Minaj,
3: I thought, is a great pick. And I'm really mad that I didn't think and of And then it. you'd
2: almost have a whole thing that you get Jamie Foxx to play Heart, And it would just be like, you know, Black Annie. You'd be like, Black Annie. <laughs> <to> fire. <laughs>
3: so I chose Julianne Huff. She's the, she was yeah, the um, Dancing with, Dancing with the, the, stars. the Stars, who then was a country singer. Um, I thought she, of Kelly
2: Clarkson for a while.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, that would have been a good one too. Um,
2: <laughs> well, I don't know because I've seen Julian Huff act, and she's my girlfriend mentioned Kelly Clarkson immediately. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I, I, well, I mean, from Justin to Kelly is pretty seminal, and. Uh, no. <laughs> Seminal. <laughs> so Maybe I if think you were that age at the time. I think Jul- Julian
3: Huff has that like younger Dolly Parton um, personality. But definitely I think I, I would trade that for Nicki Minaj in a heartbeat because that's amazing.
2: I think like for me it was like thinking like Dolly was like Dolly was not skinny. So right. in my mind, like it had to be a girl who was like voluptuous, voluptuous. but still like very beautiful and everything else. And it has so,
3: a big old personality. That's why I thought of Kelly yeah. Clarkson first. <laughs> and yeah. then
2: like a oh. little too <laughs> voluptuous now. But, but yeah, oh, Nikki I was awesome. happy with
3: it. Nikki yes. Can I cook so, myself into that? For heart, I have Chevy Chase.
2: <laughs> because <laughs> Speaking I think of younger.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, because for one with the heart character, we didn't really touch on this. I think with his little Pratt Falls with the chair and things like that. Like there were moments where, yeah, he's a scumbag, but there's also moments where he's like, well, he's kind of a clumsy scumbag. So you're more forgiving the horrible sexist way he was. And I feel like Chevy Chase kind of
2: is this character probably in real life is the impression that I get, but... It's really only community where he's that side of him has been portrayed in a character. And I could see that, but in a way... I would have taken him in the original movie at the time. He was mm-hmm. the right age yeah. and everything. Yeah. So um, for my Roz, I have
3: two. One of them has strings attached to it. And one of them's just if it was played kind of straight. The one that's straight for Roz is Julie Louise Dreyfus.
2: Mm-hmm. I think Ooh. she,
3: I think that would be very we interesting. We
2: keep casting these major people that would never do that small of a it's part. Our it's our movie. Yeah, it's our <laughs> movie. We can do what we want. We have the power. And the other character,
3: or person I have for Raz, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> only if he's still the same character Is from Django. Django. Yeah. <laughs> that, it's the same thing. So I thought only if he plays that same exact character would I cast him as Raz. <laughs> so that's my list. I love it. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts on nine to five? Any notes that we
2: didn't hit? Before if you haven't we haven't seen this plugs? movie, you
0: should watch this movie. It's really good. I enjoyed it.
2: And when you watch it, then go back and watch it again and and analyze it because that's that's it's it's an incredibly fun and enjoyable movie to watch. But then, if you care about this stuff or you want to write films yourself, see why this movie is so tightly structured yeah, and pay so to the structure. paced, but, but just like this sets up that this sets up that. And it's really something you don't appreciate until your second viewing fully, unless you're like Craig and you you're so knowing about all this stuff
0: that you can pick it up on the first viewing. They do. I just know like two work, two, two rules, you know, it's like rules, a tree and tree extractor, you know, <laughs> No big deal.
3: Chris, is there any...
0: No, mess? I'm
1: ready to put this whole thing behind me and move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All
3: right, well then let's
2: let's go into plugs. Ted, do you have anything that you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I've got a short film I directed yeah. that's doing festival rounds right now. Um, it's amazing. We just premiered last week in Boston at Film Festival there. And I've got uh, San Diego's coming up at the end of May. And then we are in one in Athens, Greece. And uh, I can now announce this a Mumbai, India, of all what? places. Oh, wow. I know. It's awesome. It's crazy. Man. And then we over the next six months, we've got like about 30 more places that we we're ready to hear back from. But uh, it's called Midnight. We've got a website up, uh, com, And you can get all the, whatever we're playing and look at trailers and pictures and all that kind of nonsense. And I'm doing a blog there about what it's like to have a movie going through festivals. That's awesome, nice, and it is a great film. So I think well, definitely, and, I, I love and, it. And your help with it was yes, very I helped
3: appreciated. one day. Yes, but
2: it was great. And you see, you see the movie and you look at the, the the dry erase board in the office scene. That was me. That was all that stuff together. All my my years it's of business have been in an office. Yeah, That's why you pick nine to five.
3: <laughs>
0: exactly,
2: <laughs> because you miss being in business.
3: No, I don't, because that just brought back so many horrible memories. Like there was this one dude who swear to God. One point, and this is a horrible job that I had, and very sarcastically, the guy's like, how are you doing today? And I'm like, you know, living the dream once. And he's like, that's great. He would say that to me every single day for the next year and a half, even if I didn't ask how his day was going. I'd be like oh you know is the water cooler I was like live in the dream because
2: <laughs> <See, laughs> some people worst. don't have comedy in their life and when they get a little sliver of it like they, they like they it's like if they've never had a cracker in their life and they have a saltine they're like is this like the, the is this like cake you know it's absolutely and all I have yeah. to say is my um I have an alibi
3: for the day he went missing
1: anyway chris do you have any plugs yeah this is a uh, I've been Chris Fimbres, F-I-M-B-R-E-S. Check me out on Facebook, along with mine and Noah's improv group, Vaguely Nefarious. We're some funny motherfuckers. You should check us out. And uh, maybe throw an old-fashioned pop party if you're out there listening. Yeah, you should. I mean this Just movie. Make sure
2: tells that your you, husband cooks barbecue That's a life the night lesson before. from this.
3: Yeah,
1: that's a life lesson from this is to have pot
3: parties. That's what I took from it. It's me. good brainstorming.
2: I want to see that as a Facebook event. Old fashioned ladies' pot party. <laughs> we can make that happen. Yeah. We can we can set that up through this channel right now.
0: Let's do it. Yeah, so, yeah.
3: And everyone's invited if you can
0: and, figure out and, where it is. And everyone
3: has their has their medical card from the doctor. And you and you must bring
2: Maui Wowie. <laughs> <laughs> it's Maui Wowie. <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, I will tell it. you one thing about that. <laughs> it's primo.
3: <laughs> it's primo.
0: Uh, what what do got? I, uh, This is Craig game? You can follow me at CraigErnest uh, at Twitter.cam or whatever the hell that is. Um, yeah, I am uh, improvising in and around Hollywood, so uh, follow me. I'll let you know whenever uh, things happen. All right, thank Are
3: you. Are you from Chicago?
0: No, I'm not.
3: Yeah. <laughs> really, I lived there for 10 years, but I'm not. Ah, that's where it came from. Well, thanks for being on this fun podcast. It was a pleasure. Thanks Thanks, to the listeners. Look forward to you coming, checking out our show next week, where we talk about singing in the rain. This has been an Ozzy Cobb Media Production. Executive Producers Noah Kinsey and Brian
1: Nicholas. For more information, visit ozzycobb.com.